The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at briggsauction.com. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. And our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, which Mike is writing for... On Thursday, tomorrow, or today, whenever you're listening to it, sign up for it at rightstorickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Mike and I rotate week to week. On the show today, the Sixers are going to train at altitude. A former Sixers owner is going to be on Shark Tank. The NBA has some new rules against resting players. Could the Sixers pursue Damian Lillard? And why, oh, why haven't the Sixers used the MLA? If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We are getting ever so close to 12,000 subscribers. We're just a few hundred away. Turn on notifications so you'll know every time that we're live. I did mention stateside Urban Craft Vodka, home of Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka. Mm -mm -mm. I see the billboards on when I drive to work all the time up here wow. off of 78, 95, they're everywhere. It's exploding up here now too. Everybody's drinking it up here in New York area. Surfside iced tea and vodka. I say it's the perfect summer drink, but actually the secret is it's the perfect fall drink. Only three grams of sugar, hundred calories, the perfect amount of sweetness. Perfect. Just lightly sweet and no carbonation because iced tea does not have carbonation in it. Go to statesidevodka.com, but you got to be 21. Bark in the Park, October 21st, Rose Tree Park, our 5K team benefits Providence Animal Center. Do you have to run the 5K? No. Do you have to walk the 5K? No. You just have to join the team. If you do that and raise 50 bucks, you'll get our very special shirt, which is a tribute to a Tribe Called Quest with Rebel on it. Our goal is to raise $15,000. We're up to $4,519 with 24 members. Um, if you're listening right now live, go make a donation. CJ will put the link in the chat. Otherwise, it is in the show notes. And this comes from Yash. A very happy birthday to Arun. He says, it is my brother's birthday on the 14th. And I was hoping you would give him a shout out. His name is Arun, quote, the Rune. And he is a big fan of the podcast. And his favorite player is Tyrese Maxey. Good on both. Happy birthday, the Rune. I wonder where they came up with that nickname. That's just kidding, because your name's a room. That's why. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who was proven, we found out during the filter in, to be somebody who does his own research. 
That is one Mike Levin. Hell yeah. Research I, <laughs> like crazy. Do your own research. About a topic I will talk about later mm. involving basketball for the newsletter. There Exciting you go. Shit. Write strickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Mike, Nick Nurse has made a change. It appears as if he is not particularly interested in golf for training camp as he has chosen Colorado State University for Sixers training camp October 3rd through the 6th. Now, that is, of course, news. The big news, though, is that our favorite day of the year, especially this particular year, mm -hmm. Media Day, is October 2nd. I feel like I haven't done the schedule yet for October, but I feel like I definitely have to schedule one for let's the evening see, of October 2nd. Take a look. What day of the week is it? Uh, October 2nd is a Monday. So we're, we're going to have to we have to adjust. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to have to adjust. So there you go. So, Mike, any thoughts about the Sixers training in Colorado right there at altitude? Yeah, help their breathing, help their cardio health, perhaps. Nick Nurse, Media Day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, camp. I think pretty much a direct line from here to a Sixers Nuggets final. I think they're preparing yeah, for it. I think so. Skip the second round altogether. Mm -hmm. Get ready for the finals. Yes. And maybe you know something on this. So the, the, Magic, no. the Magic G League team seems to have executed a trade for Mac McClung with the Blue Coats, but I thought Mac McClung had already signed with the Magic. So I, I don't really understand that. Maybe there's a rights, a G League rights situation versus a, because he was not under contract with the Sixers anymore. You know, I don't know, I don't man. Know. I have no idea. Just Maybe magic, they have to trade him there. It's got to be so weird to be like the a G League GM. Yeah. Like, how much authority do you really have? Are you being like, hey, to my boss, can, do you mind if I trade for like Chris Douglas Roberts? Like, do you just mind? Like, can I do it? And they're like, sure, yeah, I guess whatever. I don't do you know how think much that goes? Do you think when the blue coach GM calls out and brand who was once blue coach GM? Yeah, he sees the the number pop up and he just hits, you know, deny, and he texts him, "Yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want." Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thumbs up. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, Prosper Karengo, I believe. Is oh, the right, blue coach GM. We could get the blue coach GM on the Ricky. I'm I would sure. love to ask what his what his job is like. Yeah, what do you do? What's you going know? on? Yeah. Can I give you a list of guys that I would like you to acquire? <laughs> so, Mike, big news as announced on Michael Rubin. Now, Michael Rubin, who's no longer in business with Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment, which is our, of course, what we're biggest fan of. Our because team. he know Yes, our team. He no longer owns a part of the Sixers. But Michael Rubin will be on Shark Tank. He says, I am pumped to be a guest shark on season 15 of Shark Tank, right there with Lori and Kevin and uh, and Mark Cuban and the short-haired lady right there. And I thought that we could do a little role-playing and you could be Michael Rubin and I would be an inventor and I try to pitch you my business. I just, this is one of the most... Upsetting pictures I've ever seen where everyone is clothed. Yeah. It's well, pretty bleak. Michael Rubin looks like he's photoshopped in every picture with tons of famous people. Every single one of these people look like they're photoshopped. Yes. Uh, they all look like they've been painted on. 
there's <laughs> just all of all of their all of their skin tones just seem so airbrushed in such an upsetting way. Mark like somebody Cuban. who does like uh, those those <laughs> face caricature shirts at the beach yeah. on the boardwalk, like made everybody, and then sort of a computer like shrunk them down into what regular people look like. The lady on the right starting to look like a little Kim a little bit with all the facial surgeries. Nobody and comes out of this looking good. Mark Cuban, a little bit more every day, sort of looks like your older aunt a little bit. He's sort of evolving in some way. Yeah, a lot of makeup, a lot of surgery looks like. It's very un- uncanny value, the entire thing. These people are almost human and I don't, I don't like it. I'd rather them just look like cartoons. It'd be easier for my eyes if they were, if they were just full full cartoons. All right, do you have something to pitch for me? Is yeah, that, I've, that I've three pitches for you. Okay. You're Michael Rubin. All right, sharks. Let me tell you about my business. We sell sports gear. We sell t-shirts. We sell hoodies. We sell hats and jerseys. Everything for every team. Here's the thing, though. It's twice as expensive as it should be. The quality is half as good as it should be. Mm. We have terrible customer service. Many times we don't even have what you really want, but we take the order anyway, and then we send you a note saying that we don't have it. We've made $45 billion this year. I'm offering to sell you 5% of my company for $10 billion. I like... The pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I like hearing all the negatives up front. That's how I also pitch myself. <laughs> we we look at it as a positive. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I, as a shark myself, I like to uh, know how I'm fucking over <laughs> the people that are paying my salary at all times. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in. Okay. I'm, I'm all the way in. That sounds great. All right. Here's our next pitch. Hi, Sharks. I want to pitch to you a new kind of company. We're a party company. We put on a party that costs millions of dollars. We have tons of rappers and famous athletes. They may or may not be my friend, but in the pictures, it looks like they're my friend or somebody who's kind of like a hostage, but acting like my friend. And here's the kicker. Everybody's wearing white. Now. Okay. And, you invented, and you invented the white thing? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's mine. It doesn't make any money, but there are a lot of great Instagram pics and stories that come out of it. Sharks, okay, I'm are offering you, smi- you. Are, are you smiling in the pictures? N- just, just barely. More okay. looks like I'm holding in a fart. Okay. I'd like to offer you 10% of my company for $18 billion. What And why do the parties cost so much money? Because I get everything. I get the most expensive alcohol. I get the chain smokers to perform. They're not even together anymore. Wow. People haven't heard from them in years, but I get them back. The chain smokers perform. Wow. I have to pay a lot of the people who come. Jay-Z always asks for money. Everybody's got to get a dope watch. Also, everyone's wearing white. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And could this be 
sort of a part of a midlife crisis of some sorts, like intense divorce energy <laughs> that you want to like come clean about right now? Let me take my shirt off. Okay, that's helpful. If you take your shirt off, I'm in. <laughs> okay, final company. Sharks. I've got a basketball franchise. Okay. <laughs> the franchise is obviously cursed. The biggest thing that's happened in the last 25 years, last 30 years, is that we made it to the finals and we won one game. We have several players who have forgotten how to do the number one most important thing in basketball after we've acquired them, that is to shoot. We have several other players, some of them the same players, who have demanded to be traded even if they did something wrong or not. Mm -hmm. We never succeed at the highest level. We're working on getting an arena built in Chinatown that nobody really ever asked for. And most importantly, we also own teams in rival cities in different sports. Do you want? Oh, we have a valuation of $2.3 billion. So I'm going to offer 5% for $500 million. Okay. Uh, how much of the metaverse are you involved in? Well, we actually had a line on that for a while. Okay. We don't have a metaverse hookup, but our president of basketball operations has several NFTs that he way overpaid for at one point. Okay. And, and how involved in are, are you in cement? Well, we used to be a cement company. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I know the team that you're talking about. Yep. Uh, yeah. There we go. Why not? Three, three for three. Deals. <laughs> okay. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast wow. is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Big day as Norman has received his Big Barker dog bed today. Norman, CJ's new dog, CJ and Kelly's new dog, got a large size gray with the headrest. Right, CJ? I am right? Yeah, it is uh, decompressing right now in the other room. This ah. thing is huge. It's a big bed. It large. is. Yeah. And it, it looks extremely comfortable. <laughs> I'm very excited to put it to work for, for my boy. Sounds we like Norman's going to decompress on it all day yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the reason it takes a minute, you know, it comes rolled up. It takes a minute to decompress, to sort of excompress. I guess it's decompress. It, it, yeah, decompress. Is because it is a really solid mattress. You know, those dog beds that you see in the dog store that look all fluffy or whatever, you can fold them up real easy. The Big Barker dog bed, you cannot because it's a real mattress that keeps your dog healthier. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the Big Barker dog bed like Norman got. You also get two processed pup patches. Did they come in there? They did come in there. Great news, CJ. You have the two processed pup patches. You send us a photo. Of the dog on the bed with the process pup patches, we put them in the process pup gallery. It is a different thing. It truly is a different thing. The big barker dog bed is a different thing. Now, CJ is going to learn how to train Norman to sleep on the bed. Rebel, it wasn't so easy right away because he was used to sleeping in our bed. So we put the big barker in our bed and had him lay on the big barker in our bed, which was not 
particularly comfortable. It's, it's sort of big. And then we move the big Barker to the ground. Now he loves it. He comes up to bed with me every night. I get in my bed. He gets in his. It is engineered by experts to reduce wear and tear in your dog, whether it's an older dog who arthritis starting to creep in, getting up there, or a younger dog who has several years of he- ahead of him or her. It's important for both. There is one for every size. I think Norman's probably, what, Norman's probably 40 pounds right now, but Norman's going to be bigger. Like 50. Norman's 50 pounds already. Yeah. So, but they have the Barker Jr., which is small. They have up to the XL or the double XL, which is giant. Look, it's a great product. Your only job is to give your dog the best life possible, happiness, health, and the big Barker will do that. A 10-year warranty, the foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial, if you don't like it, if the dog won't sleep on it, they will give you a full refund and even pay for the shipping. It is handmade in the United States of America. That is big Barker dog beds. <laughs> this comes from Chris Mannix, who I believe still works for Sports Illustrated. Chris Mannix was writing a story about the Dame Lillard trade situation. And Chris Mannix says, among the reasons Portland has not made a move with Lillard and why I think it's possible, even likely that Lillard is on the Blazers roster when training camp opens in a few weeks is because Joe Cronin and company believe a market will emerge. And they may be right. What will the 76ers priorities be if or when they move James Harden? What if the Timberwolves suddenly put Carl Anthony Towns on the table? Competition might be the nudge Miami needs to beef up its offer. If you, let's say you get one first round pick for James Harden. Would you trade? Um, Salary-wise, let's say Tobias Harris goes or it's part of the Harden thing or whatever. Tyrese Maxey, both first-round picks. Jaden Springer, two pick swaps. Damian Lillard. Uh, I I've already locked in my in three years. Gabe Vincent will be better than. Oh, take. forgot so, about that. Yeah, so it's, it's tough. It's really set in stone. Yeah. Um, I just and I also. I definitely don't think that in three years, Damian Lillard will be better than Tyrese Maxey. That's for sure. He is going to rapidly age. He's obviously better now. He's obviously mm-hmm. way better than Gabe Vincent now. Way better. But time happens. James, three years ago, James Harden was very, very good and would have gotten all of the money that they could legally give him. Now, you would agree, I think, that if you made that trade over the next two years, you would have a better chance of winning a championship than you do if you didn't make the trade. Would you agree to that? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because Dame Embiid is a nice one, too, and Tobias is gone. It's it, They're very light. It's a very top-heavy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Dame and Embiid probably, even if you put uh, eight Daniel Houses around them probably gives you a pretty decent chance to, to go pretty far. So you don't do it or you do do it. I mean, I, I also, it's, it's both like, I don't want to do it. And I also think that the blazers will be able to get a better offer. Of course. From somewhere else. That's of it, it is a combination of both of those things. So why am I going like as far as I can go? If I go like, well, somebody else is going to be able to offer something better than they'd want. I just don't think that maxi, if, if someone really, really wanted Dame, they can get him. Max, can get Maxi isn't so valuable. Probably that, a better player than Maxi too. Right. right. Um, or at least like seven picks. Like, I, I don't know how much they'd want like Maxi and Scoot to be a pair. I, I, who knows? But uh, I love I love Maxi. 
very much. And I don't want to go out on a limb and say like, yes, I'd absolutely make this trade knowing that I think they could probably beat it anyway. And if I'm the Sixers, I don't even like entertain that because... You can't unless you're sure that they're taking you seriously. Yeah. And even if they're taking you seriously, if Lillard is opening it up or they're opening it up to other teams, to your point, somebody will be able to beat that deal. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's Knicks or the Nets or somebody will be able to beat that deal. It's unpleasant. But man, I mean, this this Lillard and Harden stuff has been... that's It's lasted all summer. We're out of it. Kids are back in school. We have no resolution whatsoever. Now, speaking of which, a quote, this comes from Sean Hyken. He says, this is a great quote from Adam Silver. Yeah. Dave Silver, rather. What a fucking idiot coward this guy is. Well, uh, name calling. I don't like name calling. This is a cowardly thing to say. A dumb thing to say. Saved (laughs) it. Howard Beck asks him about the Harden-Lillard trade requests. And Dave Silver says, don't like them as a league. I want players and teams to both honor their contracts. I'm watching everything going on in Portland and Philadelphia and hoping they get resolved to everyone's satisfaction. I'm glad it seems to have calmed down as far as public discourse. Number one, since when has it been an issue in the NBA that teams do not honor their contracts. I cannot think of a moment in which a team signed a player to a contract and didn't pay them and didn't pay them. I'm sure there's been like clauses that they fought on. I'm sure, but they honor their contracts. This is At not least a, like a the two main numbers, three. right? Like, yeah, this is a, we were, be- if you're making 10 million, we're giving you 10 million. That this is a, ve- this is a very, very fine people on both sides. Quote, quote from <laughs> I mean, the the stuff with the Washington Nationals is interesting with like Steven Strasburg. Who retired, yes. Who like was going to retire and they they were going to pay him all the money. And then they were like, never mind. Yeah. Um, But that's baseball. Keep the money for yourself. But obviously that is baseball. So I I could see how you can kind of bend the truth in in some ways, but I don't really know what he's referring to. If he's referring to anything, I think he just generally wants to feel like he's in the middle of all issues. What do you think about the the rest thing? So that that's here. So yeah. for anyone who hasn't paid attention, the NBA, and it, I, I think the official details came out today. This is from Adrian Wojnarowski. I, I think they still, the board of governors of the NBA still has to vote on it, but they expect it to pass. And I love the governors. Let's all yes, say Yes, yes. Very big governor's valuation. I voted for them. yes. The NBA is expected to pass more stringent rules and punishments to limit the resting of star players for nationally televised and in-season tournament games and instances of multiple all-stars sitting out individual regular season games, sources told ESPN. The NBA's competition committee recommended a plan that the league's board of governors is expected to approve. It would ultimately give the league office authority for greater oversight and discipline over missed games and an ability to fine teams over $1 million for each instance of violating resting rules. As the league negotiates a new media rights deal, which, by the way, is is not going to be the deal they thought it was, NBA commissioner, that is my 
uh, editorializing there. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has been determined to increase player participation in the league's goal is to strengthen the initial player resting policies that were adopted in the 2017-18 season and new rules that mandate players participate in 65 regular season games to be eligible for postseason awards. The NBA will incorporate a fine system for teams that begins with $100,000 for the first offense, $250,000 for the second offense, and a million more more than the previous penalty for each additional fine. So some of the rules. Teams must manage their roster to ensure no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. Teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home games and road games with preference for those absences to happen in home games. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near shutdown when a player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. Teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. It should be noted that that rule was already in there. That isn't new. I think it is actually an incredibly sad statement for the NBA that they have to do these rules. This is for anyone who is wondering about it. The, this is the teams doing this. This is not the players. I would say that there are maybe some occasions when a player is like, Hey, you guys are tanking. Why should I risk being injured the last 30 games of the year? I'm a star player. You're going to trade me anyway. I would say that sometimes it's mutual, but all of this is it's the teams doing this. Because it, they like from a like a, a number standpoint, it shows them that they will have a better chance to advance, or they can keep the players longer, all that kind of stuff. I guess it is. I think it is embarrassing that they have to mandate that good players play in the game in the NBA. Honestly, like I think it's silly. They should play. I think the fact that they have to like bully them into it, and now teams are going to do the thing where somebody has like a a you know, a sore calf or an upper respiratory infection just to give them a reason to sit them and not call it rest is the, is what teams are going to do to get around it. So I just think it's, it's goofy because it's goofy that they have to do it. Yeah. It has, this whole thing has like massive Dorcas energy. Yeah. That it was like engineered by some like paper pushing total dork who like probably came from the tech world. Who goes like, this is how we must find teams. It just feels like everything is very punitive instead of making the regular season matter more from a place of, you know, I think the play-in was an example of a way to incentivize the regular season to matter more. And now in this season, this past season, two play-in teams get to the conference finals. One play-in team gets to the finals. That matters. It matters. It's it. It shows people and fans that there's more games that matter in there. Obviously, teams and players and the league don't want to go down from 82 games. I think that's the answer here, is them all agreeing to go down from 82 games. But they I don't think they're going to do it. No. But that is the answer to the thing that everyone is like tying themselves in a weird knot of why it's so hard to do everything and why, and why the season takes so long, why there's back-to-backs and all the, thing, all the, refer, all the resting stuff. The answer that no one wants to do is ha- play fewer games, but they're not going to do that. Um, I, I just, and they're not going to do it by the way, because then everybody makes less money and right. everybody wants to make the same amount of money. So right. yeah. Um, 
there's another tweet from Sean Hyken that said, I, I, I checked with the NBA on the new rule against long-term shutdowns of star players and was told it doesn't only apply for end-of-season tanking. Theoretically, it could prohibit, say, a player with an outstanding trade request from being asked or agreeing to stay home. Uh, so, yeah, he's there's a couple sixers. Yep. James Harden being one, obviously Furkan Korkmaz for 19 <laughs> years in a row being the other that have outstanding trade requests. And they are outstanding, by the way. They're phenomenal trade requests. They're the best Excellent trade requests stuff. in the business. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. It's just a lot of like forcing. It seems like they're all, all trying to like put the toothpaste back in the tube now. Whereas like this stuff didn't happen 15 years ago, but like they've it's gotten too far down the road where it's hard to imagine them just like punishing their way to normalcy again. Yes. Everything feels very punitive in a in a weird way that when they talk about like these players are our partners and like we, you know, it's we care about them and their health and we're listening to them and blah blah blah, but then they're like, but if you don't play, you're getting fucking fined. It's just it's very strange. I would not I don't have like the answer that would make everyone happy, but it it does feel um like the NBA has a bunch of wrong ones. I, I also think that it is not just possible but likely if they went down to seventy two games, they would also do the same thing because Maybe. it's all relative. Yeah. You yeah. know, it it's it it it's about like a relative advantage. And the thing But there's a place where what like this doesn't happen in the NFL because there's only six seventeen games. Well and but, but also those games are incredibly important, but also that there is a culture around like playing <laughs> like i i think there is a cultural problem in the nba whether it is the owners or the management or whatever that i, I don't agree. disagree that a lot of it is the team i think in some cases Kawhi specifically it is partially on the player sure partially but i think a large part of it is is on the team and I, look i'm not i am far from you know like i hold the players accountable when they need to be held accountable this contract situation, I think is largely almost hundred percent of players, except for those situations in which teams don't have on our contracts, of course. But I just think it, it just shows to like a, a, a completely broken sort of way that the league operates that to your point, they have to punish people into playing games. It just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem good actually no doesn't seem good but i i you're gonna you're always like you're always the i'm so far beyond a casual fan that i can enjoy a game when you know lamello ball and uh, i was trying to name another star on charlotte that is not the case like when lamello ball is not playing i'm like oh we'll get a look at what dennis smith jr's like career resurrection looks like that's interesting that's obviously not the case for the casual fan that only tunes into TNT ESPN games or whatever. And, um, and by the way, anyway, I, w I would also yeah. say, you say casual fan. I think there's like an elevated, there's casual fan, normal fan, us. I think even the normal fan, who because I, I think casual fans rarely even go to games. They check in, they check out. Then there's the, I love this team in a normal way. I don't do three hours of podcasting a week about them, but I, I do love this team and I think it affects them as well. Yes, for you or I, it's like 
whatever, you know, here's something different to watch. But I think yeah, most I mean, people is, they yeah. it is a star league. They market their stars. The stars are more important in basketball than any other sport by yeah, far, for sure. you know, so. Yeah, I, uh, there's, you know, when I was in Memphis shooting Young Rock and I went to a bunch of Grizzlies games, like Ja didn't play one of those games. And like, I was excited to see Tyus Jones do his thing. And he was great. And it's fun and it's a different vibe and you get to see other players step forward and see like Desmond Bain be the engine of the offense instead. And that is fun for me, but I can understand why with, you know, this sort of starts to tip into writer strike territory, but like as fewer people have pay for cable. Right. And they're trying to get, you know, as many eyeballs as possible and there's advertisers on it and stuff like they want the big TV games to get big TV ratings. And the way to get big TV ratings is to have the stars play in those games. And and by the but way, I also think I'm sorry, I also think part of that is like the NBA as a league boosting younger stars and talking up exciting young players. That's not just go. That's not just going like the Lakers and the Knicks again. Like whatever, like big market stuff. Like it shouldn't be as hard for basketball to market small market teams that have interesting players as they seem to make it. Like there's plenty of, I mean, I know NFL is different, but like there's plenty of NFL stars from low to medium sized markets. Yes. But the NFL is very different. It's different. But I think that, I think the NBA too often just goes like, we can't do it and doesn't even try. And I think like there's just ways to make, make their players more interesting rather than like going back to the same well. And maybe they're just paralyzed and, and it'll just take until like LeBron retires for it to finally acknowledge like, okay, we have to get to the next generation of these players because LeBron's been there for so long. He's been on top of the mountain for so long. And you mentioned the cable thing. I mean, what, what happened that for years and years and years, the NBA was able to profit whether the product was good or not basically, because if, I don't know how much anybody followed the recent, you know, spectrum ESPN cable thing, but essentially ESPN, Disney in general, but specifically ESPN was getting these huge carriage fees to be on cable, which would then end up filtering down to the NBA. And it wasn't really a question of how many people were watching it. It just wasn't affected by it. But more and more, you know, I, I've also talked about the fact that the valuation of the teams have gotten so high. Valuation, we love it. Valuation, it becomes harder to find buyers. The idea of making money in the moment will become more important. And that whole thing that happened with ESPN and Spectrum or Disney and Spectrum, all it's, all it's, all it's meaning is that free money that was coming is just, is going to dry up soon. This is going to dry up soon, especially if, if ratings continue to decline, which they likely will. So they have to do whatever they can to do that. And what's funny is, is that they're most interested in money. Like the owners are interested in money. This is a money thing. It's just weird that the, the teams haven't pivoted yet. I don't know if they don't think that the reality of what's happening is real, but it is definitely real. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the people that are in charge, this is now we're definitely talking about my business the people that are in charge of monetizing shit and making money and keeping businesses like solvent and good are bad at monetizing the thing that they are benefiting from 
And then they go like, okay, we got to have some layoffs. And it's like, bro, it's your job to well, monetize it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a certain reality. Well, fire your fucking self. You I, did that. I, I, I think there is a certain reality. And this has happened to every source of entertainment over the last 30 years where the internet fucks with content and the number of people who consume content on every level. It happened with music. It happened with movies. It, yeah. It's like, it's a, a very difficult thing to navigate. And, and to your point, like it's not working, <laughs> not working in a lot of different ways. Yeah. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Briggs Auction. Woo! BriggsAuction.com. They have two auctions going on right now. Discovery Auction. Discovery ones are always my favorite. Mike, they have a real estate auction going on which closes September 19th. I don't know if you want to buy a house in media. Two acres of land. I'm doing it. Make four an bedrooms, offer. three and a half baths. CJ, a two-car garage for Norman, one for we your car. We go in together, car. we buy a house for CJ? <laughs> yes, yes. For Norman, buy a house for Norman. That's going till September 19th. The Discovery Auction, which is all sorts of shit, collectibles, art, clothing, furniture, I'm looking right now at the collectible section, which is always my favorite section. Framed, autographed Muhammad Ali shorts. Wow. Wild. Muhammad Ali, debatably the greatest boxer of all time. You have that vintage World War II photos also in the collectible section. What I would suggest is you download the Briggs Auction app, B-R-I-G-G-S Auction app. It is a four-generation family-owned and operated auction house in Delaware County. Download the app or go to BriggsAuction.com. The app is in Google Play or the App Store. And every week, check in. I love one-of-a-kind stuff. You know, it's sort of like, I can't walk past a yard sale without going over. The Briggs Auction is like an internet yard sale, except everything is good, except, but a yard sale, everything is like kind of shitty. Maybe you get lucky once in a while. Briggs Auction, you get lucky all the time. B-R-I-G-G-S Auction.com. Go buy a house. Go buy Muhammad Ali shorts. Go buy a bunch of t-shirts, whatever they have, go look. Check in once a week, place your bids. It's fun. BriggsAuction.com, B-R-I-G-G-S, auction.com. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mike, hmm, we'll do that in a second. We did get uh, a bunch of good voicemails. This one directed at Mr. Daryl Morey. 833 Lickface. Like Mike CJ, Mike again. I have not called Daryl, but I think that this this voicemail line is just the has been our out this summer because we all do want to call Daryl and ask, why have we not used the MLE, mid-level exception? Like that was the uh, when when we thought Harden was going and everything was happy that, you know, that like 36 hours in June. I was looking at, you know, maybe we can get Kevin Love uh, just, you know, trying to s sit in positions, but, you know, we still have hard and at least he hasn't done anything crazy summer. Yeah, you know, at least Daryl's been on top of everything else. So I don't know, Daryl, what are we going to do? Love the show, guys. Mike, any theories as to why the Sixers have not used the MLE? They're not going to use it. They want to stay as flexible as possible for what they can receive in a hardened trade. And if they use it, then they're, they're more, there's more uh, restrictions mm -hmm. on how much money they can either send or take back in a, in a hardened trade. It just gets harder on them. So they are 
maintaining flexibility. I, I would assume that they think any, and there's been a number of players that I've liked that I've liked that have signed elsewhere for similar amounts of money. But you will notice that the Sixers only gave minimum contracts or unguaranteed contracts to anybody this offseason because they pretty much only care about the stuff happening at the top of the roster. And we'll figure out the rest once that is resolved. Now, you mentioned the players that they did sign. We got this voicemail talking about those players. Hey, Spike, Mike, CJ, this is Jacob. I think that this is going to be the most exciting Sixer season we've ever had. I think that this is going to be like that one Laker season where they had Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee, and it was just a shit show the whole way through. Look at this roster. We've got Patrick Beverly, who isn't good, but causes controversy everywhere he goes. We've got Danny Green, who does something stupid every single time he touches the ball, just about. We've got Paul Reed playing with Joel. And we're also going to get to watch as Daryl Morey tries to convince James Harden to be happy and play for the Sixers after he doesn't trade him at the deadline. I think that this season is going to be by far the most fun Sixer season we've had in a long time. I'd love to know what you guys think. Well, when you look at it that way. Oh, imagine a Sixer season being chaotic. Finally, (laughs) finally, some weird stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, interesting st- stuff. People are going to do some stuff for attention. Someone's going to act weird on the court. Come on. <laughs> like we haven't done this for 10 years. Yeah, we've had plenty of that. And I, for what it's worth, I enjoy the chaos. It just, it wears thin on a lot of other people. And it would be nice if they would just be good without any chaos. This yeah, it, it just feels ahead. like, look, when... This, I'm going to make another Housewives reference, and I know I know that you're not with me on it, but the people that listen to it will get what I'm saying. They always do. I they don't object do. to them. I just don't understand them. They're like the Housewives franchise from like the mid 2010s were really in their stride because it was peop- It was like the people on the shows hadn't quite figured out how to like gamify it yet, but they thought they had, and so they would try to be like do games of it, try to like win something, and then they like meltdown and now shows that are starting now or the new seasons of housewives shows they're all too self-aware of like what their thing is and they're not they have to it feels inauthentic now in a way that it did feel authentic not all of them but a bunch of shows uh feel inauthentic or more characters that feel inauthentic because they're trying too hard to be like well this is my thing and it's more like we don't Mm -hmm. want you to like say what your thing is we just want you to be uh, just generally unwell and uh, and let the show into reveal how out of your mind you are. Um, and it feels a little bit like this version of the Sixers is just like, we got crazy stuff again. And it's like, we know we've already seen it. Like we know that stuff, like just be real. The, the reference you made, even though I don't watch real housewives is, this is a very gen X reference, but I remember the evolution of the real world on MTV and it's slowly becoming that, that in the first couple of seasons, everybody was just themselves. And then just the awareness of what being a certain person would be like and how that would benefit them outside of the show creeped in and they started playing characters instead of themselves. So Mm. yes, I do agree that something feels, this feels like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a Sixers season. Right. 
This came from Cassidy, writes TurkeySanchez at gmail.com. Spike Mike CJ. After listening to Mike's response to the bed bug accusations, I am now more convinced that he has them. Not a chance. And uh, I told Alyssa about this. Email over. I told Alyssa about wow, this. Wow, I can't even finish email the email. Over. I told okay. Alyssa about this and I was like, hey, just so you know, like somebody speculated because I occasionally like my knee bleeds in bed or my elbow or something that we have bed bugs. And Alyssa was like, why would why would that? And she's like, let's just go check the bed. And so we literally checked the bed last night to make sure we don't have bed bugs. And we do not. We looked under the bed. We do this every time we go to a hotel. Okay. It is, it is Alyssa's biggest fear. Wow. We do not. We would not. I would be out on the street if we did. Okay. Because the end of the email, I won't read the email, but it says, don't be like me, Mike. Kill them now before they get worse. Yeah, we'd never do that. I, Which could be about the team also. Doesn't even sure. need to be about the bed bugs. For sure. There was somebody, actually, you mentioned it, and you can tell me you don't want to discuss it. And I actually don't know if it was her, but it seemed like somebody sent me a screenshot of Alyssa going back and forth with somebody on the Ricky Reddit from, what's the the team, the yeah, shrimp? Yeah, that was the, a few months ago. The uh, Yes, the shrimp team, the yes, pistol, the pistol shrimps. shrimps and, the, and the blouses, yeah. It little, seems little like there's some bad there. blood. A little bad blood, but uh, we're, we um, we got bumped up after winning the championship. Okay. And we did have our first game last night, and everybody was very rusty, and we lost. And it was oh, a little bit of a frustrating no. game. Oh. But got growing Mike pains. Coach basketball. That's right. Los Angeles. Coach, 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 coach. Mike, Mike, Mike. Coach, Mike. One, two, one. Zone. Coach, my ass off. Sorry. But the regular season doesn't matter, okay. as we know. Yeah. Uh, no, we're just working our way back into it. Probably going to hold a practice this weekend. Uh, one of our best players is not playing the season because she is very pregnant. Mm. Um, so we're, we're working through it. Might add another girl. Figuring it out. Figuring it out. So everything is okay from that, the debate or what? I think so. I mean, they're not in our league, so we don't, we oh. don't see them. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? Maybe there's maybe more beef, more, maybe more beef to come. Love Although I did that. wear an Eagles shirt to Cochin yesterday and we lost. And in the handshake line at the end, a couple of the, the other team's girls said, go birds. So I was like, okay. Oh, okay. That's okay then. Yeah. 833 Lickface. Hey, this is John from Philly calling in. Listen to the Monday pod. I just got to say way too much talking about basketball on this one. Would really prefer if we just, you know, stop talking about this team. Basketball question, don't have one. I don't have any other questions either. Just wish you guys would stop talking about the Sixers. Thanks. Bye. As he listens to the podcast, this comes from Scott. Hi, CJ, Mike, and Spike. To write strickysanchez at gmail.com. I take for granted that today's NBA player would dominate average NBA players from, say, the 1970s. And today's average NBA team would dominate an average NBA team from the 70s. My question is, what is the most recent year slash era that this Sixers team would win a championship? Would they, for example, beat the 1983 Sixers? Would they beat the late 80s Pistons, et cetera? This is difficult. People always talk about the difficulty between eras. The difficulty is, is that this team, these players have trained to play in this era, which a team from 20 years ago would not have done. So the shooting disadvantage i think is the biggest thing i think 20 years ago players were still great athletically like i don't think there's such a massive difference between then and now but just the way the game is played it seems almost impossible to compare in that in that specific way 
Yeah. I think that's probably part of it. I think, uh, you know, FIBA wise, the there's, it's a different game. It's officiated differently. There's not, you know, defensive three seconds. Uh, some players have some success in FIBA that aren't as successful in the NBA, like Dennis Schroeder won friggin' MVP. Yep. Um, and I think some of that is like comfort. And I think, I think it indicates like the way that basketball is, is like, you are a star and then there's your star or two stars and then becomes role players around them. So like, can those role players like, uh, assume star like potential in an environment when they are more the focal point and that happens in some other things. So I wonder if I wonder in a, in a game where it's like, Hey, the Oh, one Lakers as an example Mm -hmm. against the current Sixers refereed like games are refereed now. interesting i don't know interesting experiment i would love to see Shaq against joel um i think Shaq would put him in the basket a couple times but i think joel would also make him guard out on the perimeter and that wouldn't go so well for Shaq. and also i i i just think this is a huge deal the players back then just did not know about the corner (laughs) i like i know it's crazy to think but the advantage of the corner three i mean Morty has has talked about even eliminating it because it is such a high value shot. They did not have specialists at that time that did that. And I they, I wonder about taking a team from as recently as 20 years ago, planning them in today and watching players like Danny Green or PJ Tucker, even like the good ones, Mikel Bridges standing in the corner and they're like, holy fuck, what is this? <laughs> You know, it it's almost like a different sport when you watch it. It is bizarre how many decades <laughs> of conventional wisdom basketball there was. Yeah. With like so-called geniuses, including by the way, like Greg Popovich and like the plenty yes. of guys that are still around today. Yeah. That until relatively recently, within the last ten to really ten years, only started ten to twelve years only started going like okay in order to optimize efficiency and score the most points we need to have spacing it's just and, very bizarre and part of that was that, like rules officiating like the, there was like you know illegal defense stuff if you're in the middle like you could double more all that stuff but you can double more now it's it's bizarre it's bizarre well, that and the, i think everyone should kind of like apologize <laughs> like everyone should be like we actually don't know anything in the world like the fact that the conventional wisdom now is so different than conventional wisdom then. I, I guess I feel the same way about football in that like the run versus pass like per, the ratio is so tilted in the opposite way than it used to be. Well, that's a rules thing though in, a, in large part because you can't, you get your quarterback killed 20 years ago and yeah. they're not allowed to hit them the same way. I yeah. think a lot of that is rules, you know? Yeah. But, but to your, your point, the... The fact that a three is 50% more points than a two. Yeah. You know, somebody, I saw a comedian say that the, it made me laugh. He was talking about football versus baseball and hockey. And it was like, everyone says football is high scoring and baseball and hockey isn't. But it's just that in football, one point is seven points. Yeah. So a score that is 21 to 14 is actually three to two. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. It's right. I never sure. even thought about it that way. Tennis? Tennis, yeah, 20, 40, one, two, three. Come on. 
What's going on here? What's going on? We're figuring it out. We're on to everybody. What is it? Tennis is 15, 30, 40, then win, yeah. right? That's what it was. The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Oh, by the way, the emailer who is now in the chat said to check your headboard if you haven't oh, as well. God. We're fucking, we're checking it all. <laughs> we're checking all of it. I don't, if I had fucking bed bugs, it wouldn't be, I get one little like blood speck on every the time sheet you deny every it. six months every time you deny it we get more communication oh saying that you definitely have bed bugs Alyssa's going to end the podcast <laughs> this is unacceptable <laughs> the right to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers Alyssa is wearing an engagement ring from LL Pavorsky Jewelers over Saw Jake the other day oh yeah how's he doing doing great yeah doing great Still 14 or so, somewhere 14. around there. Yep. Lives on his own out here. <laughs> Child Protective <laughs> Services. Checks in from time to time. Jake Pavorsky, that is. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, over 330, writes Ricky Sanchez listeners, one host, have purchased engagement rings from LL Pavorsky. It's quite simple. Do you want to walk into a jewelry store and be hassled by a stranger um, and, and sort of like pressured into buying something that is super expensive. You don't know if you want it. You don't know if it's right, whatever. Or do you want to make an appointment with a friend of the Ricky who is not going to pressure you at all, who's going to take time, who wants to make an appointment so they can give you your attention, treat you the same whether you're spending $500 or $50,000. That is Ella Pavorsky. The choice is easy. And there's a reason that that many rights Turkey Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from Lee. One is because they don't know any other jewelers. Two mm-hmm. is because Lee continues to provide amazing service, great jewelry, good price, all that stuff. You simply cannot go anywhere else if you are to buy an engagement ring. I mentioned an appointment, 215-627-2252. Call him if you would like to meet to buy an engagement ring. Or if you don't like making a phone call, like most everybody nowadays, send him an email, lee at llpavorsky.com. You can tweet at him at llpavorsky, and the store has been there for more than three decades at 707 Walnut. You don't even have to go in. He can do everything virtually if you want. He has sold rings to Ricky listeners all across the country, all across the world. A supporter of the uh, Bark in the Park Run Team and Providence Animal Center, one of our charities, our other one, Mama T's Community Fridge. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. The person to go to if you don't feel like looking up other jewelers. <laughs> Quite simple, isn't it? it? This comes from James. Hi, Mike, Spike, and CJ. With all the shenanigans over the past 10 years, we're all. what if all the shenanigans over the past 10 years were being done on purpose so we hate the Sixers and then don't care when they move the team to Jersey? What if when Embiid said he wants to win a championship, whether it's Philly or anywhere else, he wasn't referring to a different team, but literally another place, New Jersey. Maybe Joel knows something we don't. Maybe the situation is like the movie Major League, where the owner is trying to alienate the fans so he can move the team. And Josh Harris wonders to himself, how many more Philadelphia rival sports teams must I buy before they abandon the Sixers so I can move them? How many like more that. number one overall picks can I give a lobotomy to so they forget how to shoot? How wow. many more Colangelos can I hire? Wow. Basketball question. Do things get awkward at Eskin family dinners since Spike has become such a big supporter for the new arena and Howard has been so against it? Mm. I do think everyone has always wanted that arena there. I'm a supporter of it. 
my father and I do not talk about the 76ers or really sports at all when we see each other. So we don't have to worry about that. Non-basketball question, Jigsaw. For the rest of your life, every conversation you have, would you rather tell the other person about your fantasy football team or have the other person tell you about their fantasy football team? Uh, I think it's a toss-up there. Probably, I guess I'd rather talk about mine. Yeah, but then you have to be the asshole. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Something I'm fine with. <laughs> Eight three three. I really like the Josh Harris theory. I think that's it's a great theory. I did yeah. Major League is great. Um, yeah, he's there's a lot of things. Is there a, a cardboard things. cutout of Josh Harris in Naked. the six? Well, that's what, Michael, that's what Michael Rubin is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's why the naked picture came out. Or I guess not, naked is too far, but uh, it's the, a good theory. What I was gonna say, um. Hey, this oh, is John. Sorry. No, I, just, I lost it. You're good. Okay. Uh, 833 Lickface. Hey, guys. Basketball question and non-basketball question. Are the Sixers the Chets? They won championships that no one remembers, and they seem to be the least lucky franchise imaginable. Definitely Jets-ish. It, it really is. The, the thing that he mentioned about the two franchises that I think no one ever mentions, but it does seem really observant they both won championships nobody remembers the Jets fans are like we're long suffering we never won and i'm i I remember when i moved up here i was like wait a minute you won the joe nemeth thing you definitely won and the sixers won a championship won two championships and nobody ever acknowledges either of them well 83 is not that long ago it's 40 years you know yeah yeah but it's not it's not 1960 right 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 um but the uh the weird shit the aaron Rodgers. yeah i don't know how many i guess the jets are more like feudal yes the the rogers thing is a is a particular sixers type of thing to happen obviously andrew bynum comes to mind obviously he wasn't as good as rogers but he's also far younger than rogers so you would have thought that there was many one 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 bad season wouldn't have wouldn't, wouldn't have done it uh, yeah. The it's butt a, fumble is very Sixersy. Yeah, the butt fumble Sixersy. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I can imagine a whole a whole host of Sixers fumbling up their butt. <laughs> a whole bunch of them, and some coaches, in fact. For sure, I agree. Yeah. Where do we go? Here we go. Eight three three leg face. So Spike, Mike, and CJ. So I'm going to the Eagles Commanders game. My friend has season tickets, and it turns out those seats are right in front of the away team owner's box. Wow. So I will be right in front of Josh Harris and his commander's team at the Eagles game. And I'm wondering, what should I yell at him? Mm. Should I try to get kicked out for saying really mean things to his face? No. Should I try to shake his hand and then pull it away like a super (laughs) awkward dude, like he did with Joe Buck on national TV? Mm -hmm. Should it be just pictures related? Curious for advice. All right, thanks. You don't want to harass. I always think being weird is better than being a dickhead. You know, weird handshake would be great. You know, um, ask him how much the team is worth. You know, just yell it like you're cheering. Yeah, I guess. evaluations. Yeah. Uh, it's it it is uncomfortable for me. That because he's not Dan Snyder, 
they they are giving him a lot of praise down there. They love him. And that obviously will not continue. But I guess my question is, you know, for the long term, but I guess my question is, should we want him to like being the commander's owner more or the Sixers owner more? What is better for the Sixers? And, you know, obviously um, with the flat, the Ed Snyder. Yes. Obviously cared way more about the flyers. Correct. Is there a Josh Harris sort of similarity with, with the commanders versus the Sixers? My sense is this is not a negative thing. My sense is maybe the Sixers would be absolutely fine if Josh Harris spent a few years really concentrating on the commanders. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That would be my guess. Then, That's, then I think say never, never come back to Philadelphia. Maybe is the sign. <laughs> Stay here. We love you down here, Josh. Josh, yeah. what's what's it look like under your shirt, Josh? Yeah. Could be anything. Let me tell you the uh, the research I did for the newsletter. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So you can sign up for this right now. Right, strickysanchez.com/newsletter. It is Alonzo's corner three newsletter. Mike writes. Every other week, and I write every other week in addition to Alonzo. So. so the, I've been, Spike, I don't know if you've known this about me, but I've been a little upset by the lack of athleticism from the Sixers for, for a little bit. I have noticed this. Yeah, I've said it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time last season and many seasons, really, talking about the, the team's at-large unwillingness to dunk yes. more than as much as they should. Ooh, is this a dunk newsletter? It is. So I decided to look up. I said dunking is one thing. We talked about on the last podcast with the Danny Green situation, Mm -hmm. how how many of the Sixers would be reasonably described as athletic or can dunk or anything. But I think more specifically, dunking is one thing. Dunking in in an open court is one thing. Dumping in when you're not in game is one thing. Mm -hmm. But an alley-oop is a particular kind of thing that the Sixers, to my memory, do not do very often and do not do well. Almost and so never. I, and so I looked up every team and how often they made they, they ha- had alley-oop attempts and dunks. And I want you to guess where, on the 30 teams, the Sixers landed in most alley-oops attempted last year. Wait, you want to give this... Isn't this... The tease for the, the newsletter. Thing. I, okay, that's, I mean it's a part of the newsletter. I don't okay, so where did the Sixers rank in alley oops attempted last year? I will tell you. First place is the Atlanta Hawks. Not yep. surprising because of how often Trey Young gets alley oops for his for his bigs. Yep, at 141 alley alley oop attempts that they connected on 130 times. Okay, the next place was uh, 48 dunk attempts less than that. The Hawks wow. are far and away number one. The next places are the Knicks and the Grizzlies at ninety three. Okay, so Where I'm are lo- the Sixers. I'm looking at teams. Where do you think? Out of thirty, honestly, it's, it's I watched high. every minute of every Sixers game. Yeah, and I'm. I don't think the Sixers connected on more than eight alley oops. 
So I think that they are going to be somewhere between, like, they're going to be like 29th. They are 26th. Okay. How many? Wait, 27th. Sorry. There's four teams below them. Okay. No, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. No, yeah. there's three teams. I'm sorry. There's three teams below them. Okay. Uh, the Sixers have connected on 20 of 22 alley-oops last season. Honestly, I don't, the, I don't, I don't remember. I remember yeah. Jalen McDaniels missing a bunch. Yeah. Um, there's also alley-oop layups that they qualify, but that, I don't think that should count. No. Um, below them are the Spurs, 18 of 21. Below them, the Warriors, 13 uh, of 17. It kind of makes sense. Kind of. I was expecting more like Kuminga or Moody or yeah. Gary Payton. Like there's a handful of guys that would do it, but like, you know, Looney's not really a lob threat. No. Nope. That kind of thing. Um, and then the lowest team with the fewest attempted dunks by a landslide are my Oklahoma City Thunder. Eight out of 10 dunks. Wow. In a full oh, season. Somebody actually only had eight. How about it? it? A really yeah. shocking number. And yeah. so I found I found it interesting. So I, I read about that in the newsletter tomorrow and about which players on the Sixers, I believe, can connect on an alley-oop and why awesome. it's important. And so I would... What do you think the DraftKings odds would be on a Danny Green to PJ Tucker alley-oop happening in the 23-24 season? It would bankrupt the entire company. Yeah, it would be a problem. So we will end on this. Um, you know, I mentioned on a pod a few weeks ago that there was somebody in the extended Ricky universe who was not a fan of weekly Becky's calls. And then we had some support from PJ emailer, some support from another female caller. And now we have to defend herself one Becky. Weekly Becky weighing in on the Weekly Becky controversy. Mm. Spike, Mike, first and foremost, I do not want to fuck with the money. Reason would have it that someone in the Ricky universe who is my hater, but not a staff member, it would be a sponsor. I guess it could be one of the musician groupies I don't know though. Rock and roll, one love. I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, if this is, if this does need to be the start of a potential conscious uncoupling, I do think you should put it to a poll. I would vote pro me. Honestly, I think I'm being underutilized. But yeah, if this is the beginning of the end, I want to quickly thank my four fans. Throwback Omar for the protein-based solidarity. Jigsaw Dude for the, you know, internal struggles, calling and emailing in regularly-based solidarity. Julia for the gender-based solidarity. Love you, girl. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Spike for the pro-PJ-based solidarity. And, uh, oh, Jack, who I met at my husband's family reunion. I think I would consider you a fan. Uh, yeah, thanks for the good times. Uh, quick basketball thing. I'm genuinely starting to get excited about this roster, and I need psychological help. Okay, love you all. Bye. Well, you know, first, I think my favorite line in there is, you know, I don't care that much. 
Maybe it's one of the musical groupies or the advertiser just fucking throwing darts everywhere. Amazing. Mike, this, any this thoughts? Is, well, I don't know who doesn't like Becky. I, I don't. Yeah, you don't know you that. You kept that to yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it might be you after I did notice a lot of uh, Becky's ums in your unhinged um supercut from last, last You just podcast. noticed them. Just so you know, you just noticed them because it was the only female in there. I think there were only three ums in there. I took, okay. I, I was not, I actually tried to space her out a little bit. Well, so. she just has a very identifiable voice also. Yes. And 98% of our listeners. Well, she does are. also leave a lot of voicemails. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is the role. Becky, we are not leaving it up to a vote we will decide and we decide that you stay being able to leave voicemails. Not everybody's, not everybody's going to like you, you know, part of your rise, you know, if you, as Robert Sala said, if you ain't got any haters, you ain't popping. <laughs> Great. All right. Join the bark in the park team. Go to the notes in this would love to get to that $15,000 that we raised and would love for you to get one of those t-shirts. We got basically two more weeks to get everybody who's going to get the t-shirt. So join the team, raise 50 bucks or just donate. That's all I got. Mike, See you guys anything? in Colorado for training camp. Yep. We'll be there. Be doing live podcasts. We'll be getting them ready. Yep. It's going to be a great season. Yeah, I believe in them all. Valuation's going to skyrocket. Yep. Let's go. We'll talk to you next time. Are you down with TTG? Yeah, you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you!